Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. Hey everyone, last week of the month and uh, it's another great episode this week. It's all about data and freelancing and remote working and all the trends that business owners are looking at at the moment with resources and how to look to the future. So it's a really interesting one. We do touch on AI at the end as well, but we will tackle AI a bit more in the future with dedicated episodes. It tends to come up in every conversation these days, but we'll dedicate a bit more time to it. In the news, you will see on Smashy Business, uh, website and on social media that there are a couple of fundraising announcements this week two that i'll point out here same figure two million dollars one in the uae called wellex in the health and wellness sector and an insure tech platform in saudi arabia called desai siv also raised two million dollars uh we were also covering uh the launch of new properties at Expo City in Dubai called Shamsa Properties. So Expo City will be livable and Shamsa Properties are the first sort of residential uh, launch there that happened this week. Uh, I would like to also uh, pay respects to the passing of Sheikh uh, Said bin uh, Said as well. Uh, he's the brother of, uh, of the president of the UAE who passed this week. Allah Yerhamo, uh, and, uh, and do enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Jad Ali Adib. He is the CEO of Pangea X. They are a digital platform that aims to bring together the world's best data analysis anal- analysts and science, scientists freelancers from around the world onto a single platform and to open up a multiple, multiple of job opportunities. Good morning, Jad. Good morning. That was a mouthful. I, I got analysts, a tongue twister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Pangea. I mean, so Pangea, we, we weren't trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. So uh, it's, a, it's a freelancing platform, which already does exist. But we are the only freelancing platform that concentrates on uh, data analysts yeah. and, uh, and uh, artificial intelligence and everything to do with data professionals. So the data industry is a huge uh, multi-billion dollar uh, industry around the world, right? And it's just starting. So everybody's talking about AI. Everyone's talking about data. Uh, every company starts gathering data and uh, they need to know what to do with that data. And right now because it's such a young fresh topic a lot of companies struggle with wanting to hire in-house so what we do is we give them an opportunity to hire freelancers there's a lot of freelancers there's a lot of talent thousands hundreds of thousands if not millions of uh, of data professionals around the world and they don't have a proper nine to uh, nine to, uh, to six job and they're freelancers and they, they have the knowledge. So what we do is we give them a platform where they can start bidding on uh, jobs. And it's more about uh, your knowledge, if you're, uh, the quality of your, your skills, rather than who you represent. Okay, fascinating. And when did you start the business? Um, we started developing this whole business uh, during lockdown. And as soon as lockdown uh, opened up post-COVID, uh, that's when the business really started for us. And Jad, is your background in data yourself? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a computer scientist by trade. Uh, that's what I studied in university. So I had the background. I, uh, I specialized in data in, uh, in my first uh, consultancy job. And uh, when I saw the opportunity, I just decided to go for my bread and butter. That's, and this is what I do, so you know, why not? Uh, concentrate on what you're good at and how did you go about it you know we're a couple of years in now sort of what what stage is Pangea now so I mean as of today I can't say exactly the numbers but uh, as of a couple months ago we have thousands of freelancers in over 80 different countries around the world Uh, we have almost 300 different clients Uh, we're doing well it's been a it's been a slow uh 
a slow process to get to, to where we are right now, but um, it's the, the, the speed of where we have gotten is just a testament of how young the industry is. Mm. We have a proven formula. We've proven that the world is interested in data. It's interested in artificial intelligence. Everyone's talking about it, um, but they're just not as well educated on the topic. So this is where we come in, we educate, we give them a platform, and it's our numbers speak for themselves as of today. Amazing. So you're live, it's active, you've built a marketplace, you've got the, the both parts that are needed in a marketplace yep. coming together, clients and freelancers in this case. And you also built it out of Dubai to a global audience, not yep. regional. Was that a decision that, did that happen organically or was that a decision from the start? Um, I think it happened organically because this is where I'm situated. This is where I started my professional career. But also because of uh, what Dubai is, who Dubai is as a, as a, as a whole. Dubai is such a young, uh, young city, part of such a young country. And the advancements made here in Dubai, uh, they're like no other. There's no other country that uh, that can do what Dubai has done in the last 20 years. And I didn't see myself starting a company anywhere else. And to be fair, I don't think I would have been able to. You know, Dubai is a very young market, but that's not a negative thing. That's that's opportunity for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and business people. There's a lot of opportunity here in Dubai. So if I would have started something like this in a very mature market like in Europe or in the States, I don't think I would have been able to get to where I am today. Hmm. Or maybe it would have taken a lot more time. And how? Did, and the other part of that question is, like, how did you get, did you choose to be a global company? Like 80 markets is a lot, isn't it, from in the early stages? Yes, um, we, we have concentrated uh, a lot in the region and in the, the Asian market more specifically India, Pakistan, and uh, Philippines around that area uh, because we've seen a lot of talent coming out of that area. Um, but so we've, we've concentrated there, but we've also like, we've made, made it known that we are global. Yeah. We, we don't want to cut ourselves uh, out from, uh, from the start. We want to make sure that everybody knows that we are global. We have clients all the way in the States and uh, they're hiring people halfway around the world in India or here in the UAE. We are a global platform. Now, if we're talking about our marketing and who, who, who we go for and who we try to encourage, yes, we concentrate right now to try and conquer one area and then move on to the next. So we've got a good healthy balance of, uh, of a little bit of both, you yeah. know, concentrate in one area, but also we're, we're globally available. The nature of the marketplace, the fact that it's freelancers, obviously they can yeah. be work remotely. So uh, you can accept clients and freelancers from yeah. anywhere. And I also think uh, it's, it's the, the, the beauty of, uh, of what COVID was. COVID uh, proved to us that we can essentially work from home. The beauty of COVID, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a blessing in disguise, if you will. It, uh, it showed us that the world does continue. Yes, we're yeah. from home, we're not physically in the office and we're not uh, doing face-to-face, -face, but 21st century, we, we can do calls online, you know, we can see each other uh, via camera, we can uh, communicate properly. There's, a, there's, no, uh, there's no lack of communication anymore, not yeah. with the technology that's available to us. I, I want to go into a lot into the, the data analytics and AI parts, sure. uh, but just a little bit about the decisions you made. So you choose to do a, a, a marketplace. Yeah. You didn't choose to say open a consultancy because you were an expert in, in your background. And, and another big decision that you made is uh, you focused on freelancers, mm. not uh, not not all sorts of professionals. Yeah. Uh, was that strategic? Uh, what what you know because people might want to find uh, full time data yeah. analysts or full time AI experts. Mm -hmm. But so you chose uh, a marketplace and then you chose freelancers. Why did you come up with that? So the 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 point behind why we initially created uh, Pangea was we started seeing uh, people enjoy their freedom 
and that's their right, right? And they, they should have as much freedom as they, they, they choose to. I have a blessing to be my own boss. I wanted to disrupt the market and give everybody that blessing. If anybody has the skill set and you can be your own boss, then so be it. Let me give you a platform for you to bid on projects. And if you have the skills and you're worthy of that job, then go ahead. Go ahead and you, you be your own boss. Choose if you want to work from 9 to 12 and you get the project done, that's it. Done. You move on to the next project. Mm. I think everybody should be uh, happy in the morning when they wake up and uh, try to earn a living. And if you get what you put in, if people want to work 24 hours a day, so be it. But if they want to choose the freedom and, uh, and uh, work three hours a day, you get what you give. So if people understand that and really they, they just want a, a living just to sustain themselves, then they have that choice. And also, I wanted to disrupt the market in the sense of I have been uh, what you just uh, you asked me about the, the platform being a marketplace. I have been a consultancy. That's where I started my job, my, my first professional uh, job. I was in a consultancy. I was in a big four firm. And then from that uh, consultancy, I went on to a smaller boutique firm consultancy. And we always had the same issue. The, the issue was we cannot compete with, uh, with the big four firms. Uh, the, the name is something. Everybody always wants the big name, right? If, uh, I always say uh, a piece of gold, a kilo of gold is a kilo of gold. It doesn't matter if you slap on a Cartier or Louis Vuitton logo on it. It's, it's a piece of gold, right? So the quality is there. If the freelancer has the knowledge and quality, it doesn't matter who they represent. It shouldn't matter. And that's what I wanted to disrupt. I want to give an equal chance to everybody as long as you have the knowledge and skill set. And, and how has it gone? Because sometimes when sometimes people request to use things in different ways than, uh, you know, not that the product changes, but you know the features change, and then uh, uh, then maybe the overall offering can change. Mm -hmm. uh, but is it on track now? Like the the people that are using it are using it in the way that you thought they would. They uh, they are. Um, there are some people that are uh, are using it in uh, in the way the world works even more right now, uh, in the sense of outsourcing. So what are we essentially? We, as as freelancing platform, we are an outsource basically company, right? You come to us and you tell us your requirement, and you post it on the platform, and you post it on the marketplace, and we outsource it to our freelancers. Everybody bids and says, "This is my budget. I can do it for whatever it is." But it's outsourced. So we've we've actually uh, it's it's. It's become, it's taken on a life of itself, if you will, where we are actually getting freelancers bidding on projects. And then once they are awarded these projects, they go ahead and post another pro project on the same marketplace and they outsource. If you can find somebody to do what you're looking for cheaper than what you're willing to do it for, then there's that margin. And this is what it's all about, actually. I've, I've seen firsthand uh, consultancies accept projects and they don't have the professional uh, skill set to do it. But what do they do? They go and outsource it. So it's the same concept. People come to us, they outsource, and then those people outsource and so on and so forth. Mm. So the world works with outsourcing right now. Mm. It's, it's, it's been a proven formula for a while and now it's, it's, it's gaining even more traction. And, and uh, where did the name come from? So Pangea, um, historically, um, there's, uh, there's the, the, the science behind the earth being uh, uh, millions of years ago, it was one continent. It was one uh, mega continent, a super continent called Pangea. There was no Asia, there was no uh, Europe, Africa, uh, there was nothing. It was called Pangea. And that essentially speaks to what we want to be. We want to be that one super continent for uh, data analysts, data professionals, artificial intelligence professionals, all of that. We want to be that one place where everybody comes to for that. Wow, nice name. That's yeah. cool. Did you raise funds? No, no, we did not. Bootstrapped it? Yes. Is it profitable? Uh, as of now, no. No, it's not. But um, our valuation speaks for itself. 
So our valuation uh, is definitely in the, in the profitable margin. Um, but are we profitable on a monthly basis, on a yearly uh, basis? No, we're not. But right now, uh, the last 24 months of uh, our business, we've treated this as a, as a more uh, testing and optimization period where we're really trying to get our product to an optimal level. And then once we get to where we want to get to, um, and once we need the funds, we will go out and start uh, getting seed money and uh, so on. And so because usually when you're building a marketplace, there's tech and there's marketing. Usually that, those type of companies do need funds. Mm -hmm. uh, is it because, as you said, you're sort of getting it right first? Mm -hmm. Or is there a bit of that the market is a bit challenging at the moment? Um, I don't see it as a challenge. I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it's it challenging. It's, uh, we're trying to prove something on a smaller scale. Yeah. And essentially we have done that and we're just trying to build from there organically. We've proven the formula works. We want to get to a certain size before we start, uh, looking for outside investment. Um, one, I think that kind of, that speaks to how, highly we think of ourselves and how we truly believe in our mission and our platform, our product, our company. Mm -hmm. We truly believe that we can be something big and we don't want uh, to give anything at the very early stages when we're not essentially needing uh, funds. We want to grow to a certain size where once we go out and get investments and partnerships and so on, where that really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Right now, in this period of the of testing, optimization, and development, we don't need that. Okay, so you know, so the customer experience. So, say I'm a client, I'm a company, mm -hmm. and uh, I'll give you a real case example. Sure. We have, say, Smashy. It's a streaming service. Sure. There's loads of off-the-shelf software for analytics, mm -hmm. it, be it for streaming analytics or be it for subscription analytics. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's some that some that are bespoke and you know SaaS products that yes. should work perfectly, mm -hmm. and then there's some that sort of are more uh, mainstream like Google Analytics that you can kind of retrofit. Uh, but we've got you know Love and Dubai, we've got all these different analytics things, and you know we haven't yet hired a head of anal analytics or a data mm -hmm. data scientist. Sure. But every time sort of an intern comes or a product person comes, we always go, oh, that's really cool. It's visualization. Mm -hmm. You know, we can automate reports. We can look at data. We can make decisions around content. We yep. can watch our churn. Yep. There's so many different things we can do yep. on top of the historic way of looking at, say, web trends, Google Analytics, or... Uh, you know, your e-commerce data or your social media data. Mm -hmm. There's many other business metrics we need now. Mm -hmm. uh, so, okay, so I'm a perfect client for Pangea. Sure. I jump on, uh, do I put a brief up? How do I pay? And, uh, you know, is it typically when I've used uh, freelancer platforms before, like sure. Fiverr or Upwork, it's kind of like there's a 20% margin and I, and I, can use the person that we find uh, for you know twenty hours on one off, or can use it a longer term. Sure. Does it work like that? Uh, similar, similar in the sense of yes, you post a you post a, a brief, you post uh, your requirements, uh, you post your uh, your budget. That's one of the key things. You post your budget and you say what you're looking for for how much. Now, what we want to do is fit you with something that fits your budget and fits your requirement. We don't want to fit one of those uh, criterias, fit your requirement, but then the budget is way out of your budget. No, we want to be, uh, we want to find everything that you're looking for, not just part of it, mm. right? Um, and we give the freedom to the freelancer to bid on your project. Just how, uh, just how consultancy firms send out proposals, uh, you have some freelancers preparing proposals, posting uh, full-on proposals, background about themselves, their resume, their CV, their references, what they can do, uh, even going to the point of these are your requirements, I can do something better. I can do your, your requirements and then some, right? And that's where we see, uh, we see the value of uh, going that extra mile. Um, now, when it comes to uh, payment, what we do for freelancers as a platform, we guarantee their payment. So we take payment from the client upfront, 
and we hold it, almost like an escrow, uh, escrow service, uh, escrow-like service uh, feature. We hold the payment, and because this is our bread and butter and we know what we're talking about, when they deliver something to you, and if you're not happy with it, then we can uh, we can step in and, uh, and check, you know, is this the requirement? Have they fulfilled the requirement? If they have not, then we can uh, we can kind of step in and make sure both parties are agreed that uh, yes, the the requirements have been fulfilled. And if they have, then what we call you initiate a handshake between yourself, the client, and um, and the freelancer. Once that is done, we as the escrow service. Uh, uh, feature we release the payment to a freelancer mm-hmm. what we've seen in the past is freelancers struggle with getting payment you know they they spend time and effort doing all the work and then let's be honest th- there are some dishonest uh, people in the world and Bad once, once you release the 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 work to them or you tell them look this is uh, the work i'm going to send you a, a document you can give me your feedback and, and then they run away with that work and they never pay the freelancer we want to take that headache uh, the headache away from the freelancer and give them comfort don't worry about the admin don't worry about the invoicing don't worry about your payment we're guaranteeing it mm. just do the work concentrate on the requirements make sure you fulfill everything and your work will be paid mm. As uh, as per your point of the 20%, we do take a margin, not from the client, from the freelancer, because we, what we see is we're giving a place for the freelancer and we're providing a service of all this admin stuff. All the, and our fee is uh, somewhat fair in the sense of we're not really trying to make a profit. We're just trying to give you this platform and this uh, this one place to go to. And we just want to maintain and sustain our servers, our databases, our website, further development, R&D, whatever it is. And our fee is actually under all of the, let's say, the the indirect competitors that we have. Mm. It's actually under it. So we're more towards 17.5%. And we, we justify that 17.5%. Okay. Uh, recently, we had a guest from Remote Pass, and something interesting about them is they started off as a during the pandemic as a expenses software, and then they pivoted to remote working. And what what they have on their platform is kind of four options. One is a full time employee, so uh, regulated by an, a local entity in their name. Mm-hmm. So, say in Qatar, it would provide the visa and then the more common one which is for independent contractors which is really what they're set up for Mm -hmm. so it's more of a fixed similar to full-time it's got leave and everything Mm -hmm. and it's got a local contract but they also have say a freelance uh short-term freelance option and uh paid by kpis and deliverables uh so when do you have different types of options so say i needed like a cto say i needed a chief data officer mm-hmm. and i want i needed them for a 12-month project could i do that through pangea uh we do have the the options for ongoing uh long-term projects however for uh hiring a full-time we don't really uh let's say dabble in that just yet it might come in the future right now what we're concentrating on is uh one-time projects uh, freelancers getting hired and getting paid for their project. Now, if you want to uh, add a secondary project, that's fine. Go ahead, post another requirement. You can invite your uh, your preferred pre- uh, freelancer to that project. You can uh, just go directly with them. You don't even need to uh, accept any other proposals. That is there, so to speak. But we don't. Uh, we're not going in the direction of full time employment. That's not what we kind of had in mind. Now, if we do see uh, more and more requirement for it, obviously the future, we don't know what the future holds, um, but we do have different options. Uh, we also, we don't just have individual freelancers. We actually have over a hundred different companies that are registered with us and they are pre-approved by Pangea. So we, we look at their company profile, we look at them, we do an online interview with them. And before verifying, we, uh, before verifying them on our system, we verify them physically. Uh, are they a verified company? Are they a registered company? Um, 
do they have the services they claim? And we do have companies on our website. So it's not just freelancers. We do have companies. We have uh, companies here in the UAE. We have companies in India, consultancy companies that work in data. And we do actually see them uh, bidding for obviously larger projects. They're not going to start bidding on $50, $100 projects. But the larger ones that we're talking about, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000 projects, they, we do see them bidding on those projects and some of them get awarded to them and so on. Yeah. But then we also have a third option, which is uh, goes back to our initial uh, mission of allowing people to be their own boss. If you want to create your own virtual company, we give the, the option to freelancers to come together and create their own virtual company. So if I know I, uh, I, there's a big project and it requires something that I don't have, not the skill set that I don't have, but I know another freelancer that has that skill set and I'm willing to work with that person, there's an option on Pangea where you can create a virtual team, a virtual company, and you can come together as freelancers and create your own virtual company and start bid and bidding on larger uh, scale uh, projects. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, some of the scope and the briefs require more than one person exactly. and one skill set. One person can never have all the skill sets you're looking for yeah. for larger scale. Yeah, I, I was going to kind of bring that topic up about the sort of business development people sort of infiltrate some freelance platforms. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking a lot in the web development space, yeah. uh, you know, you put a job up and suddenly some people are all over your LinkedIn and people are messaging and it's not actually, yeah, the representative of companies, but they're not the developers. They're, mm -hmm. they're using this as a biz dev channel, yep. which you can't really get beyond, right? Like it's just, it's part of the, the industry, is yeah, it? It is. So, it's, it's tough to, to police that. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, why are they there? They're there because it's it's part of their job, business development, right? If they think that their own company is able to fulfill whatever requirements that they're looking at, then so be it. You can you can bid on a project and you can uh, take that to your company, and as long as you fulfill it, we have no issues. Yeah, and and they're obviously they're there because they know it's data and they can do the data, mm -hmm. or their company can. But on the individual side, how do you sort of regulate it? You know, do you do the same check? Uh, like, for example, could someone go up who isn't a data person mm -hmm. and sell other services? Um, so we're kind of the opposite of uh, some of the companies that you mentioned before. I prefer not naming. Uh, Fair enough. But, um, so we're the opposite. The control is not in the freelancer's hand in the sense of I'm not, uh, it's not a shopping cart module right? It's the client posting their requirements and the freelancer comes to the client and says, I can fulfill those requirements. Nowhere do we have as of yet, and we don't have any plans of going in this direction of a freelancer posting and saying, these are my services. Uh, it's $20 an hour because we're not that type of, to, to, to provide a place where freelancers are selling themselves. I don't believe that freelancers need to sell themselves. I think each freelancer has their own skill set and it's whatever skill set matches the requirement of the client. So the client how do you know have, that they're any good? Is so there we have verifications, we have checks and things like that. So we, uh, a bit in the sense of, you know, uh, Instagram has the verified tick. Uh, we have something similar where we also not only do we pre-approve uh, companies, we pre-approve some of our freelancers. So they do become uh, the recommended freelancer. Uh, how do we do that? We go down to the to the to the physical interviews. We do uh, online interviews with them. They have to pass certain assessments. Now we're developing something that's going to go further into uh, in-depth assessment to see how far they can uh, they can claim that their skills are. Right now, it's very basic, um, but we do our checks, and we would never recommend anybody that doesn't have that particular skill set that they say they do. Mm. One of the things that you mentioned earlier was that sometimes they come back and they say, oh, here's something else I can do. Mm -hmm. and, and that sort of seems very uh, specific to me to this type of work because uh, you know, the, the scenario that I described that we're in is yeah. that we don't always know what we're looking for. Exactly. Like we don't know exactly what to put in the brief. Yeah. So, um, and people who are experts at, 
data analytics, AI, things like that have many, not just many ways of doing things, but many outcomes. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, how does that work? And then also what, what sort of trends are you seeing at the moment? Like what, what's the majority of the work? Like what's good? <laughs> so actually, um, if I go a step back, um, we wanted to be, like I mentioned, we want to be that super continent for absolutely everything related to data, right? And that goes all the way to understanding what I can do with my own data. Um, so actually, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe even a month and a half ago, we released our own version of Threads before Threads even existed, right? Um, we had no idea about Threads. We There was no correlation between the two. Um, but in our mindset, we wanted to give uh, freelancers and potential clients the pl the one place where they can start discussing, discussing what things can be done with certain data and people, because people are willing to talk for free. You don't necessarily need to hire it. And we've seen it. We've seen it through platforms like Reddit. We've seen it through Facebook groups. Uh, people ask questions and like uh, they, they explain, okay, I have this much amount of data coming from a certain system. I don't know what I can do. I'm not a data analyst. What do you guys recommend? And you get hundreds, if not thousands of replies saying maybe 90% of those replies are not worth your time, but then maybe 10% will actually be worth something. And they explain to you that like, you know what, I can, uh, I recommend that you start cleaning out this data. Once you have clean data, you can plug it into a, a report. Uh, you visualize the entire uh, the entire data set. Once you have a visualization, you can go into predictive. Once you go into predictive, they can come up with these suggestions. We want it to be the entire, the whole journey of data on our platform. From the knowing what to do with the data to once you know what to do from our uh, community and our forum, you go onto our platform and you post a requirement and say, you know what? Uh, now I know what I need. This is what I need. And then you hire and you pay and you get your deliverable. We mm. want it to be the entire journey of the data, let's say the data uh, analysis and predictive, all of that mm. from scratch, from even uh, understanding and knowledge. We, we also have a separate section of our, uh, of our website, which is educational purposes. To understand what you can do with data in certain industries, uh, always posting on a on a regular basis to inform people, because like I said at the start, uh, part of our journey and our responsibility is also educating, because it's such a young market. We find ourselves that we need to educate on the potential of data. Yeah, and it is a massive potential. There was someone in here recently. I, I think they're a kind of a Canadian consultancy. And they asked me, how much revenue are you making from your data or something like that? And when I said almost nothing or a low number, mm. I like directly, they said, they shocked me with a big statistic. And sure. they said, every company needs to be making X amount of money or something like this. For, you know, 20% of your revenue should be from data or 30% mm. or something like this. I don't know if you've heard the statistics, but how to actually get there is the challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, is that fair to say that people should be monetizing data companies? 100%. Hundred percent. It goes to to this very famous saying that everybody's uh, repeating nowadays: "Data is the new oil," and it truly is. The the uh, if we want to go a different direction, we we can even uh, talk about the next war will be fought uh, for data. It's not going to be oil. It's 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 data. Everybody is fighting for data. What what are uh, people or companies like uh, Twitter? and threads, what are they fighting for? Users, what are users? Users are essentially data, right? They just wanna gather more and more and more and more data. Why? Because data is a way of monetizing anything and everything. Mm. When we're talking about uh, data, I personally, I just, I just, I look at data as numbers. Is numbers, no matter what it is, whether it's your uh, your sales of the of the month, whether it's users, whether it's personal information, whether, whatever it is, it's just numbers for me. And you shouldn't, as a company, you shouldn't be letting these numbers go to waste. You can do something with it. If it's not directly to monetize, it's to increase whatever you're currently already doing, right? If you can use the data to properly start targeting specific people instead of 
targeting the wrong audience, use your data to back up your decision and start targeting the right audience so that your success rate is not 7%, it's actually 15%. That will then in the eventually translate into monetization, but it's about increasing your success rate. Yeah. Data does that. Fascinating. And so what, what areas, like what sectors are doing this well at the moment and what sectors haven't started? Um, or is it, is it case by case in companies? I, I think it's, it's really case by case, but I, I, I've, seen, uh, I've seen a lot of different industries, but uh, bigger companies do uh, the whole data journey well. Like e-commerce companies, the good ones do data well. Yes. Financial institutions, yes. airlines to a degree, travel, airlines, transport. Airports, yeah. supermarkets I've, I have actually started. And uh, some use it for the for what I'm going to say uh, a good cause, and some use it obviously to increase their profits, That's, mm. the, and, which is fine. It's whatever their their goals are. Um, but some, for example, are using data in order to limit uh, food wastage, hmm. which is a noble cause. And it's uh, obviously, yes, it's, it's, it's for a good cause. But at the end of the day, it's also increasing their bottom line. Why should we order as a company, as a restaurant, as a supermarket, whatever it is, when we know it's going to be as per the last five years of uh, our data gathering, we know that July is a slow month. Why should I be ordering uh, 20 kilos of uh, fresh chicken every day if I know I'm only going to sell 12? Making informed decisions. Right. It, ba backing up the decisions and, and making data-driven decisions. We're no longer in the, in the time where we have to make gut decisions. I'm not saying gut is not good. A lot of times gut has served uh, a lot of uh, people very well. But we're in a place now, in a, in a century now, where we can back up our decisions with data. Yeah, you can use both once you yeah, have all the numbers. 100%. Yeah, and and so a little. What about privacy? Uh, you know, regulation. Uh, how does it work on your platform? Like, obviously, with the internet, GDPR is quite a big thing, and uh, you know, you were kind of mentioning sort of not bad actors, but people using data in the wrong way. Like, mm -hmm. so some people might sell uh, customer uh, data to other companies yep. uh, just as a transaction mm -hmm. to generate revenue. So. How, do, how is that regulated and where are we at the moment? So uh, for us, I'm going to speak uh, on our behalf as a platform. Um, as a platform, when a client shares data, it's shared through an encrypted uh, messaging service that uh, it's safe between those two parties. It's between the client and the, and the freelancer. Uh, we, as Pangea, we're an independent party. We do not have access to see anything that is shared between uh, you guys as the client and freelancer and service provider. Um, there's also the options that we give where you could ask, if you don't feel comfortable, you can ask the freelancer to sign an NDA. Again, um, that is, uh, I think it's more of your risk appetite. Um, obviously, if you're hiring someone halfway around the world, um, to enforce that NDA uh, becomes a slight sh uh, struggle. So obviously, it's also um, it's you as the client. It's your responsibility. If you're willing to share certain data, and you can make it into dummy data, because what what essentially what uh, data analysis and visualization, reporting, uh, automation, all this stuff, mm. it's a template, right? Uh, you create a template and then you plug and play the, the, the data that you're going to keep receiving on a monthly basis. Yeah. It's a one-time effort, right? So we, we have instances where we have, uh, we have a, a whole, uh, let's say, franchise of, uh, of uh, barbers in the States and they don't share their exact financials with their freelancers. But they and they share. This is the template that we need. This is what uh, what we're looking for. This is dummy data. Create a visualization and a predictive model for me for whatever for the for the year. And I just want to be able to plug and play the data that comes in. So tomorrow I get new data. I just plug it in and it shows me what the possibilities are. So it's kind of your responsibility as a client, what you're willing to share. I mean, us as human beings also, if I tell you something, how can I be sure that you're not going to go to someone else and talk and 
you can't. It's it's Privacy. about what you share. Yeah, right? but, but in terms in terms of governance in general, you know, if people are trying to be more compliant and ha and have internal policies around data, uh, can they go to Bangia and ask? Like, do they do they go to a law firm? Who who do they get to write their data policies? Can Ooh, we get so freelancers? <laughs> like, yes, uh, there are there are professionals that uh, that have the knowledge and have the know how and actually that have the certifications on writing data policies internationally or whether it's EU based or uh, the policies in the states. Every country has their own specific data policies. Obviously, there's the there's the one general uh, data policy that everybody kind of goes for is the GDPR, um, but there are professionals just how there's governance professionals there yeah. uh, there's audit professionals that know how to write certain policies and procedures and know what so there there are professionals in that domain and you can get them as long as they're certified and they're uh, they have uh, they have the know-how but not only the know-how do they have the certification to prove that they have the know-how right hmm. um if they have that, then they can write your data policy. Interesting. So two areas where I can see a bit of overlap is uh, one on the development side and then another on the sort of uh, similar UX UI development, but also like development and managing software, right? Like, you know, managing databases, mm -hmm. like I'm not an expert, but like there's there's big database companies like MongoDB, Magento, all these companies. Yep. Uh, and often global companies uh, license those services mm -hmm. and then they need people to manage them. Is that, is that where you can come in as well? Um, yes, we, we do have uh, experts in specific, uh, in specific softwares. Um, do they come in and manage your, your software? I wouldn't say they come and manage your software. If you have a project and you want, uh, or you have a requirement and you want this, uh, you want a policy or something to be uh, developed, or you want a project to be developed where you're sorting out your database, you're you're creating some tables, and you, you're, you're kind of getting it in a good structure and a good model and so on, yes. If you want someone to physically come in and uh, kind of, manage your, uh, your your software on a monthly basis and be here full time kind of thing. I don't think that's the direction that we're going in. Yeah. Because uh, that goes into, again, uh, the full time uh, employee and full time having someone here managing your whole. Yeah, I get it. But I think if someone knows their challenge, then they can decide if there's a freelance requirement. Yes. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And then on the second side of that, you know, you know, these super apps that are very trendy in vogue as a word now, but, you know, from sort of outside looking in, it seems to be that they're, uh, they're, they're managing lots of data mm. and they're hiring people to manage that data. Uh, they're hiring people to look at things uh, to uh, make the apps more efficient, mm -hmm. um, not just in the UX UI point of view or not just in a commercial point of view or a product yeah. development or a code, but literally uh, when you've got millions of users at once, mm -hmm. uh, it all comes down to data. Yeah. So uh, like, is that an opportunity? Are startups going, okay, I need, as well as my UX UI guy, as well as my 20 developers, I need my data guy to be all 100%. over it. You, you're, you're going to need, whether it's today or in a year's time or in five years' time, we don't know how fast uh, companies are really taking data seriously right now. Uh, every single company that you can think of has been gathering data, has been gathering data for the past five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it may be. Have they been using that data? No. In a general, in a general sense of uh, the, the question, no, they haven't really been using the data properly. Um, so yes, they're going to need a data guy. Every company is going to need a data guy eventually. Hmm. Whether they're in denial and saying, you know what, our, our IT team can handle the data right now. No, the, the IT team is something very separate. Yeah. A data guy, a data person is someone that has the knowledge on what to do with that data. It's, it's, it's very different um, being able to just do what you're told and then coming up with initiatives of this is the data that we have. 
as per my professional knowledge, I think that we could do X, Y, Z. We can streamline this service. We can use this data to back up this decision. We can look at anomalies. We can make our profit more. There, a data person will know what to do with data. Mm. If you're not a data person, you can have some ideas, but whether those are, you know, la la land ideas that are not feasible, mm. you wouldn't be able to know if you're not a data person. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think, you know, us in particular, an example I gave, I could give a few more, like we, we clearly know what's needed. It's mm -hmm. about, you know, it's, that's why this conversation is fascinating. I'm definitely going to check out Pangea, set up an account and, and give a specific brief, but it's, it's that, that sort of bigger picture of going, is it a department? Is it a person? Where does it sit? What's the investment? Mm. How do I measure it? And, you know, or do I want to measure it in terms of that consultant advice of, you know, should I be generating revenue from it? Or am, am I just being smart with my data yeah. and I'm having better visibility to make more informed decisions? So a lot of people are actually, or a lot of companies would probably say that they're at the same stage as you are, mm. where they're not sure they know that there's uh, there's potential with data, but they're not sure where to start. It's kind of overwhelming. I don't know, should I hire? Should I make a commitment and hire a full-time person and see what they, they come up with? But maybe they're not, uh, they don't have the specific knowledge that I need at this point in time. Maybe they come a bit later on down the line. Mm. And this is why we're seeing a lot more people turn to a freelancers. They're like, you know what? If I don't want to hire and make the commitment of hiring full-time in-house, providing all the, the, the sponsorship and all that stuff for something I don't know that I need, mm. let me go the freelancing route. Let me see how that goes. And if it works, then maybe in the future I can look at hiring an in-house and so on and so forth. But yeah. why make the commitment if you, you're not sure? It's a good way to experiment. Mm. And so kind of switching topics a little bit, but in, for AI, in the last 12 months, uh, how many AI experts have come out of the woodwork? <laughs> not even the 12 months since, uh, <laughs> since November last year when um, the buzz of the world was uh, chat GPT. Yeah. Um, everything kind of 10 x everything, all the data professionals out there, all the certifications, all the educational programs, everything have 10 x into artificial intelligence. Everybody's talking about it. So therefore there's a market for it. What is the potential that comes with it? What are the risks that come with it? And I always say I'm, I'm fascinated by something in a software like ChatGPT, mm. right? And I, I absolutely love the concept. But then you also have the dangers of it where you've seen uh, over, I think, 13 or 15 different countries around the world have now banned ChatGPT. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Italy is actually one of the first ones in Europe. And a few other countries will follow suit in Europe um, because with this amount of knowledge and uh, kind of, um, I don't want to say laziness, but it does encourage laziness to the sense of people don't do their work anymore. People, uh, students and kids don't do their assignments anymore. Um, there, with great power comes great responsibility. It's a very cliche uh, little uh, quote to say, but it's it's a hundred percent valid. Mm. So. I think technology and artificial intelligence in general needs to needs to have some sort of limitation and needs to be monitored. It cannot just you cannot have the full force of uh, artificial intelligence given to you at the fingertips uh, at your fingertips and just there's no not policing it but there's no limitations. Mm. I think it's a beautiful thing used in the right way. Mm. But us as human beings it's it's proven that we tend to push the limits and start using things for unnecessary uh, purposes, right? Yeah, definitely. There are some risks. And so coming to the end of the interview, sort of two questions to finish on. One is, what are your plans for the next year, next five years? Uh, is it is it market-led? Is it feature-led? Is it growth? Or how do you see the outlook for Pangea? So I think for the next year or two, um, we're working on growth. We've reached a good optimal uh, position where we wanted to be with our product line. Uh, our development is at a good level. We're never stopping development. It's always pushing. It's always developing new features, minor or major. We're always working towards the next best thing. 
um, we're never stopping because as soon as you stop, you start falling behind. Um, but if we're talking longer term, five years, once we get the growth that we need, um, we're going to look for outside investors. And the plan is to go public in uh, the next five years. Brilliant. So I, 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 like, to, I like to say I, I want to give the power back to the freelancers. And with that comes giving the company back to the public. So going public. Nice. And in the region? Uh, Depends. Probably Europe. Probably Europe. Yes. Even because though that's where, uh, that's where I grew up. That's where I spent most of my time. I know then uh, the, the market in Europe and so on. I don't know if there's a place for us in, uh, in the States um, because of independent competitors have already reached a level that it's, it's hard to compete with. So uh, I'd rather go to a, a market where I think I can make enough noise to... Yeah. Make a difference. Yeah. It is fascinating. You mentioned Italy, but even we see threads has been blocked in twenty-seven European countries. Like Europe seems to be very strict on regulation. Not not that you shouldn't be, but it just seems to be blocking some innovation, yeah. stifling it, like fines for everything and data and all that sort of stuff, which is maybe good. I mean, they're the ones who led GDPR. Yeah. Um, but okay, so well, I you, say I say Europe, and who knows what the future holds? Maybe it's here in the UAE, going public here. Maybe you never know. I mean, the, the UAE has given me everything that I have today it has given me the opportunity to create Pangea then why not uh, why not go public here in the UAE I don't know what the future holds but and, and sort of to that point you know you you sort of you started a business here what's your outlook of the region are you sort of optimistic you know obviously the Gulf countries are having good economies at the moment but sort of you know do you see that continuing are you happy to sort of continue to build a business out in the region 100% I wouldn't see myself anywhere else, professionally and personally. Wow. Um, this 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 uh, this region and this country has uh, has so much opportunity, and just the vision of the leadership here, the the vision of the region, the neighboring countries here to the UAE, everybody is working towards something because they're such a young country, there's a young market, and the 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 limit is is. Sky's the limit. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant positive note to finish on. You know, if I was ticking boxes out of what you've discussed today and what's an interview, you've got so many elements. We've ticked off AI, we've ticked off data, marketplace, yeah. homegrown Dubai business. So well done. It's great to hear about Pangea and best of luck in the future. love seeing uh, startups like that ones that when i'm listening to i'm thinking of how i can use them and how i can check them out as well uh, so i hope you found that useful thank you as usual to shahir al-kindi and ali khalil who put together this show it goes out on smashy.tv website mobile apps smart tv apps do check on your smart tv at home see if smashy comes up there if not send us a message anywhere at smashy tv or smashy business and let us know and our tech team in our augustus media Cairo office will try and get on that smart tv uh roll out the apps there as well we're really looking forward to our next season coming up the 2023-2024 uae season of local sports we'll be announcing a new sport soon we've got futsal volleyball and handball on smashy and there's a lot more podcasts and shows as well uh, another big announcement i'd like to make is that we've just launched cairo works uh, so the egypt version of Dubai Works has just launched with an episode uh, this week in Cairo. I'll shout that out a bit more as we go uh, along this as well and let you know who the guests are. Uh, as always, this is a smashy business production as part of the Gustus Media Podcast Network. Catch you next week.